Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. Yes, indeed, the Weekend Report is on the radio. We got the show started properly because Chris hasn't walked in the door yet. But welcome to the Weekend Report. There he is. FM Talk. We'll take care of it next time. We hour. started the show. I got through the thing without the er part. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, uh, I think there was a Santa Claus signing on 70. And the traffic was yeah. backed up. So, yes. you know, well, Saturday uh, afternoon traffic. We are all here for you. Thank you so much for joining us for another edition of The Weekend Report. My name is Tony Colombo. That is my partner, Chris Yeah, Arps, on the er. On the er. And uh, producer Carl Middleman in the studio as well. Star Wars weekend. Yay. It is Star Wars weekend. And we've got some... Uh, We've got, we're going to talk about that in just a second, um, but we have a packed show for you today. Got a great show on tap. Uh, coming up in the next hour, the 6 o'clock hour of the Weekend Report, we are going to talk to our buddy Mark Cox, yeah. of course, the host of the Mark Cox Morning Show, and uh, Skip Weber and Trish Gazelle from 102.5 are going to be here for another edition of the Weird News Challenge, but this is the Christmas edition, and Skip Weber will be hosting the Weird News Challenge this he's afternoon. He's so proud of this. He is. He's He's been working on it for a couple of weeks, and I can't wait. It's the first time he's hosting. I get to play this afternoon, so that's going to be a whole lot of fun. And a little bit later this hour, in fact, in the, the very next segment, we are going to talk to Tom Jipping from the Heritage Foundation. Tom is their uh, impeachment expert. So... He's I have a lot of questions. Guy. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> he's uh, got a real title. But... I'm really looking forward. Yeah, he is the yeah, Thomas Jipping is the deputy director of the Edwin Meese the Third Center for Legal and Judicial Studies and a senior legal fellow. But I just like impeachment guy. So That's uh, a lot of education, <laughs> right? So uh, we're going to talk to Thomas in the next segment and get some knowledge about where we are at in this impeachment process and where we're going and get his thoughts. Uh, looking forward to that. Also, we need to talk about um, our latest movie review, yes. which is up at 971talk.com slash weekend report. You can we we do movie reviews every week. Uh Carl has seen Star Wars twice. I've seen Star Wars twice. I even I even saw cats this week too. <laughs> You're busy. That comes out that comes out or that came out yesterday also. Very good. Yeah. So if you couldn't get Star Wars tickets you might have gone to cats. So 971talk.com slash weekend report or the 971 YouTube channel is where we put the movie reviews each and every week. And this is the big one. This is the yeah. Star Wars discussion. So uh And it's gonna be it's spoiler free. Yes, yeah, so you don't right. have to worry about oh, should I Right. Yeah. yeah. But if you're like me and you're kind of turned off from Star Wars uh, because of the direction. There are maybe, a lot of things in it you will love. Yeah, maybe Carl is going to try to talk you back into it. And if you've never left Star Wars, then Carl's got some good information for you. Spoiler-free review of Star Wars at 971talk.com slash weekend report. Go check it out. You have a question. Yeah. Carl, 
I do have to say that uh, last weekend my wife and I watched uh, The Irishman. I have to say yes. that we did. You watch it in one setting. In one thing. Now, this is what, what I'm what I'm wondering. Now, when we were watching it at home, mm-hmm. I didn't mind what the length of the movie, but I'm wondering if I was in a theater. Theater, would That's I a great sat point. there that great long? Point. Did but you put it on pause at all? Not at all. Not at all. Watched it straight through. I thought it was weird seeing Al Pacino looking younger. Young. You, you could kind of see the CGI. See, I, I'm, wonder- kind of I'm wondering if it's better on a big screen because you wouldn't necessarily notice it rather than your TV. I don't know. It was kind of noticeable. But I watched it in one setting in a movie theater. Yeah. No. And did did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. It wasn't a bad movie. I mean, I love the movie except for one thing. Mm-hmm. It's not real and them putting it out there saying that this is actually what happened doesn't turn me on. It right. actually turns me off to the film. So if you go into it knowing that this is a fictional yeah, story. The, the guy the guy's lawyer wrote this book after he died. Allegedly from stories on his The guy deathbed. wrote it after he was dead? No, no. How did the, a dead guy write it? The guy's lawyer wrote it. The guy's lawyer released it after he had passed away. Right, I right. want to believe it because I can remember. I think I was nine years you old. You want to believe yes. that? Because I was nine years old when Jimmy Hoffa disappeared, and I remember just the hoopla over it. Yeah, and you he's, know they never found the, him. I mean, I'd like to know what he's in happened. The Meadowlands. Yeah, he's I, in the end zone. You know, I mean, I'd like to know what happened. Is this what really happened? It sounds yeah. very plausible. It's not. But I've read the. Uh, you read the Slate article. The, the, well, that, not the that Slate went, article. But some of the articles that talked about it wasn't real. Piece by piece, yeah. and how the movie no. did not happen. No. Okay. Yeah. But, but, but it's plausible. it's a really well done movie. It's just not like Goodfellas is based on Harold Hill's story. Right. And that's legitimate. This is based on a very questionable source. You know what is real? Star Wars. My partner Chris Arps yeah. and his new deal with redstate.com. <laughs> What are the uh, latest articles, my friend? Uh, the latest article, uh, and I'm going to talk to Mark about it and offer this theory to him to see what his thoughts are. But okay. I want to get you and Carl's huh? thoughts. Let's let's. W- this is when we usually do the weekend review. Okay. We've got a lot of news stories that we're going to cover in this hour. Let's start with this. Go you ahead. know, I was the uh, title of the article is "Impeachment: It's a Battle of Two Legacies." And you know, when you go to Washington D.C., you see statues and monuments and. The name of a lot of these, uh, or a lot of these buildings, are named after congressmen. So people are very cognizant and aware of what their legacies will be. And Nancy Pelosi is the first Speaker of the House, first female, and I think that she's really, really concerned with her legacy being attached to such a partisan impeachment that you have no Republicans in the House in favor of it, but you have Democrats that are in favor of it. It's going to go over to the Senate and probably uh, or definitely it's not he's not going to be convicted. Polling is not in favor of it. So I'm thinking with her delaying not sending it over to the Senate, um, I think part of it is that she's trying to negotiate for, for rules. But I think a big part of it is she's hoping that somehow during Christmas, and I don't think it'll happen, that the her members can go back to their districts and try to tell their activists that this is political and electoral suicide, and we need to keep our eye on the prize that we want to ultimately defeat Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and this is going to hurt us. I don't believe it'll work. Once you whip these people up into a f- foam <clears throat> about impeachment, you can't take it back. Yeah. But I really, I think this is just, hey, 
uh, go back to your districts. Let's just have a calm during Christmas. People's mind will be over, and maybe we can talk them into censuring the president. You know, I saw. Wow, that would be what a. You know what? What a nothing. Nothing surprises me at this point. Yeah. Christmas miracle, and what another <laughs> detour, another you know ninety degree turn in this crazy process. They don't want to do this. this suddenly Tony. turns into a censure. And not an impeachment. You had on the on uh, Thursday, you had a member of her own leadership, Clyburn of South Carolina, saying don't send the articles over. Yeah. You had Steny Hoyer, her assistant, basically saying kind of, well, I hope that's not it, blah, blah. I mean, when you've got your own leadership questioning, should you do this? Well, and you're talking um, about— and that's kind of signaling You're lot. talking about all these these uh, these Congress people going back to their districts over the holidays and talking to their constituents mm-hmm. about what they feel. We saw—I can't remember her her name, but there was the—I um, think she's in—I think she's in Michigan, but one of these uh, Congress women, Democrats, this last week went home mm-hmm. and held a town hall and basically got booed out of the building— Yeah. As she was trying to convince her constituents that this impeachment was the right thing. And this was she was a very popular person up there who just won an election and she was getting roundly booed because Elisa Stotkin. There you go. Is it Michigan? Michigan? Yeah. Look at that. I mean, this is my memory. I mean, you've you've got CNN polls saying that you've got CNN polls saying that support for impeaching the president have dropped five points in the last week. This is not a winner for them, and they yeah. are trying to somehow find a way to finagle themselves out of this, and they're hoping that the members can soothe the base and say, hey, keep your eye on the prize. We need to take out Trump. Mm-hmm. How can people read your article, and uh, how often are you writing these I'm articles? writing twice a week, Tony, uh, Monday or Tuesday, excuse me, morning, and uh, Friday morning. And that includes the holidays That as includes well. holidays, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I uh, occasionally write a little extra when I uh, feel the the, uh, the burn and write like in between. There. I, I have it. one it's question for you. It's a great opportunity you. for me. My question mm-hmm. is, do you go by Chris Arps or Christopher Arps? Uh, I oh, am professionally Christopher Arps. All right. That's what the business cards say, Carl. Ooh. Ooh, wow! Very fancy. <laughs> I don't um, believe you. <laughs> uh, this I, I pulled this story. It was not one of the big. Carl st- keeps your feet on the ground. <laughs> it was not one of the. Yeah, he sure does. Uh-huh. Not one of the big stories of the week that got a lot of attention, but I found it interesting mm. because it uh, it sort of dovetails into uh, one of your articles, oh, okay. one of your other recent articles um, that we have talked about. Um, and this is this new law. That allows illegal immigrants mm. to get driver's licenses. Um, Tommy Laren, who who's she with now? I, she's with Fox Nation. She with Fox Nation. Okay, yes. yeah, she's the one who left the blaze and mm-hmm. yeah is now with Fox Nation. Uh, anyway, she wrote an article, had a big statement uh, on her show this week, um, just lambasting this idea, which is the New York State leadership. Uh, has passed the Driver's License Access and Privacy Act, which allows any person over 16 years of age to apply for a state driver's license regardless of U.S. citizenship status. The law made the law made it official, uh, and it debuts on Monday, causing an influx of people to flood DMVs across the state. I'm sorry, it, it was made official this past Monday, so we saw all of these people flood into the uh, into New York State DMV offices to get their 
their driver's license. Illegal aliens getting legal driver's license. You your article recently was about illegal aliens and their um ability, uh, being allowed to vote. To me, this is you know right in that same category. What are your thoughts? It's ironic that the Democrats talk about foreign intervention in our elections, and you have right here oh, foreign intervention that in is our elections. Such a great point. When you have people that are illegal aliens, it's exactly right, being basically recognized for citizenship. Uh, one thing that's di- that's disturbing about this is. In a lot of these jurisdictions, once you apply for a driver's license, you are automatically registered to to vote. And there have been several instances where these people who were illegal aliens uh, and non-citizens who had green cards but were but were automatically registered to vote voted in elections. It, and if you listen to the Democrats, they'll try to say that something voter fraud is a myth that never happens. But if you go to uh, Americans for Citizens uh, Voting to our website, we've got instance after instance, example after example of of rampant non-citizens voting. You have jurisdictions like New York and Burlington, Vermont, California. They're opening up their elections, school board elections and mayoral elections to allow non-citizens, those with green cards, to vote. It's an invasion, a foreign invasion, literally. Because these people are citizens of other countries. They're not citizens of the United States. I I can't think of any situation in the past where I would have supported federal intervention over states' rights and local elections. Um, And I'm not sure that I'm there yet on this one, but I want— to know what you think. Should there be a federal law that says illegal, like that, that would stop people from being able to vote in municipal elections if they're not a United States citizen, stop people from getting driver's license if they're not a United States citizen? Um, or do you think it's better to attack the this idea in those local areas? Should, should there be a, a, a blanket law passed to stop it everywhere? Or is that too much government intervention? No, I'm still a, a states' rights guy. Yeah. I think what uh, the solution is what we're doing with Americans for Citizens Voting, where we're putting ballot initiatives in different states so that either the state legislatures can put this on the ballot that only citizens vote in elections or uh, people can gather petitions and uh, get enough signatures to be able to put it on the ballot. So I think ultimately you should uh, gather a movement, make people aware of what's going on. The Democrats are trying to infiltrate the illegal aliens into the voting system to, to help them. I think you do it at the local level where these you put this into your state constitutions, that citizens of uh, voting is for United States citizens only, and that's what you're seeing in uh, several, several states. We have got a lot more stories that I want to get to this hour. Let's do one more here before we talk to uh, Thomas Jipping from the Heritage Foundation and get his thoughts on impeachment. And then uh, a little bit later this hour, we'll pick this back up and get into more stories of the week. But before we take this first break, uh, Chris, wanted to get your thoughts on this story. Elected officials in Jackson County, right here in Missouri. (laughs) Uh, Do you know where I'm going? I Posted on my Facebook. Page oh, love it. it. Okay, great. Uh, are adding. Mark chimed in too. On they're it. adding plaques to statues 
of the county's namesake, which is, of course, former President Andrew Jackson, that will include that Jackson was a slave owner and forced Native Americans from their land. What do you think of this idea of putting a plaque up on these statues that, you know, explain some of the negative parts of their history? Uh, Usually we're talking about tearing down statues. Now we're just putting plaques up. Maybe it's a step in the right direction. What are your thoughts? I think it's stupid. <laughs> um, I think you have school districts in Kansas City and in St. Louis where kids can barely read. And if and you have curriculum and you have uh, activism in these school districts where they want little girl boys to go to the restroom with little girls and treating transgenderism. If they weren't so preoccupied with trying to change the society and would teach history, then people would know that. Jackson was a slave and mm-hmm. we would need to put a, a plaque next to him. Here's my, I mean, right. that can be placed against a lot of Democrats uh, that uh, like uh, Strom, Th- not Strom Thurmond, but uh, a lot of Democrats that were Dixiecrats back in the yeah. day that supported slavery and that were in the Klan. Yeah, and um, it should be. So should there be, be yes. plaques uh, next to them? The terrible yes. ones? Where does it stop? Does every single statue now you got to have a basically a disclaimer next to them to tell of their their their, of their foibles where you're putting 21st century values into 17th 18th century values. I mean, it's ridiculous. Here's my here's my thoughts on it. If you're going to teach history, then teach history and teach the whole thing, and that's fine with me. So if a if a statue is included with a bit, you know, you know, sometimes a statue will have a big plaque or sign with it that gives basically. You know, this a quick history of this person and who they are and explains if it's that if it's a if it's a if it's a statue that's also educational and has a couple paragraphs about who this person is and you want to put that in there as part of the history. I have no problem with that. But if it's a statue of the president of, of anybody and it's just a statue with their name and now you're going to slap up a thing that says Andy was, a, Andy was a slave owner or Andy was a wife beater, you know, like. Then, and, and then that's I, what it, and that's what it's for. It's it's for to inflame. I, yeah, it's I for to tarnish their tarnish their legacy. Because I'm sorry, it's really a mark on the education system if grown adults and children don't know that Andrew Jackson was right. president and was slave owner. What does that say about our education system? To put a plaque next to the statue is just a mark, a red, a red, uh, what's the thing, the red scarlet letter, red letter. scarlet letter, yeah. this show, hey, you may have been a great man, but here are your foibles. Yeah, you I can't mean, just, you can't just yeah. put that on there, unless you're going to put it, like you said, on every, every single one. Single, you have you to either it put it on statue. every single one, or, it, again, I don't mind if you include it, if you're teaching somebody about that person, and you, and that's included in there, I'm fine with that. But if you're just essentially labeling that person and well, here's Andrew Jackson yeah. he was a slave owner and, usually, and that's all that's there that is and ridiculous. usually when you see stuff that's on a plaque I mean it's kind of talking about their exploits their heroism it's a good thing you yeah. know it's a slap because you're not you know they have, may have been a founding father and may have done all these things but they were slave owner yeah. you know you have to put that on there to kind of tarnish it all right, we got to take a break, but when we get back, we are going to be talking to Thomas Jipping from the Heritage Foundation. Get the latest on impeachment. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Weekend Report. Hello, and welcome back. 
back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo, Chris Arps, and Carl Middleman in studio. Hello. And as I mentioned, joining us on the phone now is Thomas Jipping from the Heritage Foundation. Uh, Thomas, thanks for your time today. How's it going? It's going well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Um, so you it, off the air, we were just chatting for a second as we were getting you on the phone about uh, how you were introduced to me as Heritage Foundation's impeachment guy. So you're apparently you're the expert. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> well, I have been I have been studying this for for a long time. And in 2010, which was the last impeachment uh that the House did, and that was of a federal judge. I was the yeah. deputy chief counsel of the Senate impeachment trial committee. Wow, so nice. For better or for worse, I've dived in that dumpster more than well, once. Yeah, so. no kidding. Well, and so I'm, one of the reasons I'm really happy to talk with you is because even for me, whose job it is to you know watch this stuff, take in as much information as I can, study it as closely as I can, and then talk about it on the radio, even for me— it's been like sometimes my head is just spinning and, you know, it's just a lot to keep up with. And, you know, and a lot of people keep on changing rules and making statements and taking this thing in directions that we that we don't expect. Uh, most recently, of course, with this um, uh, idea that Nancy Pelosi uh, may not even take the impeachment articles to the Senate, which I think caught a lot of people off guard, at least people who weren't watching it extremely closely. So before we start getting into the details of it, can you just kind of give us the 30,000-foot view of where we stand right now in the impeachment process? Sure. Um, I think think the, the first thing to remember, the broadest thing to remember, is that our system of government is based on elections, on the right of the people to choose their own leaders. Uh, There's countries all over the world that will never have that right, Um, but our system is based on it. And impeachment is in the Constitution, but it's a process for removing from office a duly elected president for for conduct that is so serious um, that literally he is unfit for office anymore. And that suggests just by itself common sense that this should be this is a rare thing and it, and it, it, there's a really high bar for meeting uh you know for for the president's actions to amount to an impeachable offense and i and i think from that perspective um what's been happening now over these last few weeks as the house uh has actually impeached the president um shows that they they're really departing from i think the way the the Constitution has structured this process, and they're they're really sort of weaponizing uh, impeachment to, to uh, be a weapon against their political opponent, namely the president. They've been mm-hmm. introducing articles of impeachment since 2017. Um, this this didn't just begin, uh, you know, three months ago. It began three years ago, and so um, this is the culmination of of a long time strategy, which I think is really misused. Uh, this portion of our constitutional structure, uh, but here we are, and the the House has impeached the president on two different uh, counts, and the Constitution then gives the sole power of him to try impeachments uh, to the Senate, and uh, and that would be the next step. And um, removal from office is automatic if the Senate, by a two-thirds vote, convicts the president. 
Uh, and if if the Senate would do that, then they would then they could take they don't have to, but they could take a second vote whether to disqualify the president from serving in any other federal office. They have done that a few times in the past, uh, and and then that's the 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 impeachment process. That's what it's mm-hmm. for, and that's how it would play out. So talk about this this strategy of Nancy Pelosi not taking the articles to the Senate. My theory is that she doesn't want to lose control of the process. To this point, the Democrats have controlled everything because they have the House. So they've controlled, you know, the uh, the, the hearings, the, the witnesses, everything that has happened at this point, they've had full control over. The second they hand it over to the Senate, they lose that control. So that's my sort of conspiracy theory on why she's holding it back. But uh, why, in your estimation, is uh, is this the direction that Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats are taking? Um, I, I think you're basically right about that. Uh, the um, the Senate has a specific set of impeachment trial rules, and the second one of those rules indicates that the Senate trial cannot begin until the articles are of impeachment are transmitted to the Senate. Now, I, I've already, I've already seen some. Uh, crazy law professor say that until the house sends it to the senate the president technically isn't even impeached i mean that's just that's absurd <laughs> the president has been impeached yeah. but the trial can't begin uh, until those articles are transmitted to the senate and that's simply under a senate rule the constitution doesn't require that but the senate rules do so uh, along the lines of what you suggested some democrats uh you know uh, I think they got the idea from another crazy law professor. Um, they're sort of rubbing their hands thinking, okay, well, if we don't send the articles to the Senate, we kind of hold them hostage mm-hmm. until the Senate promises to conduct a trial that will be to our advantage. You know, maybe we can further manipulate the process uh, against President Trump. Now, to be honest with you, I think I'm fairly bright, but I do not understand that calculus. It's not like Republican senators just can't wait to put a Republican president through an impeachment trial, and so they'll do anything to to have it go forward. Right, great you know, point. I mean, if, I, if, I'm a, if I'm a Republican senator, I'm going to say to Nancy Pelosi, okay, see ya, mm-hmm. you know, um, have fun with your <laughs> impeachment. I mean, but that's the strategic, you know, sort of uh, – a step that they think that they might be able yeah. to take. I, I actually don't think they will in the long run. Uh, this is a this is a stupid idea, hmm. and it's unconstitutional because the Constitution gives the Senate the quote sole power to try impeachments, and the only reason this little gambit would be tried would be to try to dictate how the Senate conducts an impeachment trial, and the House has no authority to do that. Got a few minutes left with Tom Jipping from the Heritage Foundation talking about the impeachment process. Uh, Tom, do you know if there is a deadline for Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats to take this impeachment uh, to the Senate? Is there does it Does it expire at some point, or could they, if they wanted to, literally just sort of hold it over the president's head for the entire next year and say, Look, we'll file them whenever we want. Maybe we'll do it in January. Maybe we'll do it in July. Um, or is there, or is there a, or is there a deadline before that? You know that they have to file by, or they, you know, miss their chance. No, there is no deadline. 
Uh, there's no legal requirement either from the Constitution statute or, or House or Senate rules that require them to do that. Um, what requires them to do that is just a basic respect for the Constitution and the obvious process that the Constitution sets out. I mean, is it, I don't know, is it too much to ask that our elected officials who, who swear an oath to support and defend the Constitution would just simply follow the process that the Constitution has established yeah. and stop messing around with it? No kidding. Um, that's, what, that's what kind of requires, if you want to put that in quotes, requires them uh, to take the next step. Uh, President Clinton's trial began, he was, imp he was uh, impeached 21 years ago, just a couple days ago on December 19th. And his trial began 18 days later, early January. Uh, the other president to be impeached, Andrew Johnson, his trial began the next day. So, you know, that's the process that the Constitution contemplates. It's the one that common sense would say we should follow. And I think uh, Democrats really have to try to distort that process and, and to try to you know, manipulate it to their advantage. Thomas, uh, we're almost out of time. Before we let you go, I want to go back to a, a, a point that you made at the very beginning of the conversation, and that was um, uh, the precedent that we are setting. It's something that I have been talking about from the very beginning, not even the very beginning of impeachment, but the, the very beginning of everything that the Democrats have done essentially since Donald Trump took office, everything with Kavanaugh, everything with the Mueller report, they're just setting, in my opinion, very dangerous precedents and letting the cat out of the bag, if you will, opening Pandora's box. Uh, we, we are we are ahead. moving in the in the direction of, um, you know, if you have the power to do it, you can do it, mm -hmm. and that th that is what they seem to be about: power, and their political agenda, coupled with the power that they have, uh, is is really producing a reckless situation which is undermining the foundations of our constitutional structure. Uh, that's the thing that we ought to have a consensus about, and then we disagree about policy and all that stuff. Um, and we're moving in that direction, and that is the that, – that, that would spell the death of a free society based on the rule of law. So folks have to decide what kind of a country we want. I mean, we've had the right kind for a long time. And it is uh, being undermined today. Thomas Jipping from the Heritage Foundation, thanks so much for your time today. If people want to follow along uh, with the Heritage Foundation and their coverage of this, get more information from you and from uh, Heritage uh, to learn more about impeachment and everything else that you guys are working on, how can they do so? Uh, Heritage.org is our website. Uh, the website has a, a particular page that collects uh, what some of us have done on impeachment. Um, I've got my own staff page there that lists a lot of the things that I've uh, been writing. I'm on Twitter at Tom Jipping, T-O-M-J-I-P-P-I-N-G. And, uh, you know, uh, take a look at what we've been writing, our analysis, and hopefully that will uh, further inform citizens to participate in this process. Yeah, great stuff, Tom. Thanks so much for your time today. Hope we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks very much. All right, you bet. All right, we need to take a break. Don't go anywhere. Plenty more. We can report coming up next. You're listening to 97.1 FM Talk. On an open wall, I scratch your name. Because I knew if I went first, you'd probably do the same. 
Are you gonna? Oh, yeah. oh he's gonna act he's like so he's so cocky. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's eating a candy bar. Not yet. Just swaying to the breeze. <laughs> Acting then, like he's not. And then cast the candy bar aside and hit the note. I wish I had as you much. You are a professional air guitar player. I'll tell you what, I wish I had as much rhythm as I play act as much as I have. I have zero. You know, next time Perry's in, and you've now met Perry. Yeah, I have Perry. He mm-hmm. exists. Yes. So next time he should show you the correct way what, what how oh, your fingers yeah. should be. Then you could re- like <laughs> You, you then you could right. really look legit if he says like yeah put this finger for that if you guys will pay my uh, entry like fee for the guitar air guitar championship I will pay it I will pay okay. the full I will pay the full entry fee I think for it's you. uh three dollars and seventy five cents last uh, time I checked right well yes, I've got the whole up. thing yep I sure. got the whole thing for you great. Hey, welcome back to the weekend. Now he's port. eating his candy bar. Carl <laughs> <laughs> busts me out. <laughs> Listening, keeps your feet on the ground. <laughs> Listening to 97.1 FM Talk. Uh, big thank you to Thomas Jipping from the Heritage Foundation who joined us in that last segment. Great information from Thomas about where we are in this impeachment Keep process talking, Tony. and where we are going. I will. <laughs> uh, if you missed that, don't forget uh, you can always download our podcast absolutely free. Podcast is available in many places, but the best place to get is the radio.com app radio.com app is basically one-stop shopping for the whole radio station just download the app to your phone tablet whatever uh and favorite the radio station then you have everything you can stream the station 24 7 you can use the new radio rewind feature which gives you the opportunity to uh rewind live radio pretty cool and you can get all of the podcasts from all the shows here on the station including the weekend report, and again, it is all absolutely free, so there's no reason to miss anything that we do here on the show. Uh, got a big second hour coming up in the six o'clock hour. We are going to talk to our buddy Mark Cox, and we are going to play the Christmas edition of the Weird News Challenge, which will be hosted by Skip Weber. I will get the opportunity to play Woo! today. I can't yeah. wait for that. Skip is going to host, and our friend Trish Gazelle from 102.5 will be coming in for that as well. All Thank right. You. Where Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Good job. Did I do a good enough? <laughs> yes. All right, good. Got all my chews The in. Snickers bar is empty. Let's talk, uh, <laughs> let's do some Missouri stories here. Um, uh, Missouri Governor Mike Parsons' effort to entice GM to expand their plant in Wentzville earlier this year appears to have paid off. Earlier this week, GM announced that they will invest $1.5 billion dollars uh, to make what they call the next generation of mid-sized pickups right here at their plant in Wentzville. The money will be used to expand the facility and help retain uh, over 4,000 jobs. So there was some controversy earlier this year with the tax incentives mm-hmm. and the big package that Governor Parson and others were pushing for. They got that through. GM you know, uh, uh, agreed to stay here in Wentzville, and now they are investing $1.5 billion in that plant and keeping over 4,000 jobs in the area. Uh, What are your thoughts? Is this a big win for the governor? Tony, Carl, this is a big win for the state of Missouri. This is a good win for Governor Parson and his reelection effort. Um, I think Missouri has one of the lowest unemployment rates uh, among other states in the in the country. Um, I think this reinforces the governor's re-election, reelection message is that he is a steady person, a steady hand at the helm. Things are going well. Um, there's really no need to change. Um, 
I agree. It was the worst kept secret in <laughs> St. Louis at the, and, and, the, and the country because they all knew what was going to happen uh, like a day and a half before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're going to meet. <laughs> I don't like the idea of tax incentives as a, in a as a whole. Tiffs. But until we got cats out the bag. Yeah. Until until you until it. you yeah until you can stop other s- states. Countries yeah. and cities from doing the same thing. Yeah. How are you supposed to compete yeah. if you're if you if you say no, we're not gonna. It's, we're not gonna St. Play Louis that game. has lost two football teams. Yes, <laughs> yes, and have. I think that right there just shows. And I think what St. Louis's main problem is, and I think this Rams debacle show what it what it is, is city of St. Louis is not growing. It's not viewed as a vibrant area where people mm. are coming in and there's a lot of money and a lot of growth. Mm. And so Cronky looked to L.A. and to other pastures, probably primarily to L.A., and saw that as a better future. Yeah, I think he was focused yeah, on there, L.A. That was a better future for the Rams than St. Than St. Louis. And, uh, you know, there has been, you know, speaking of the governor, there has been a couple of major uh, Fortune 500 companies that have decided to move their headquarters to Missouri. You've had the USDA is going to move their office to Kansas City. So I think that just coupled with the things we talked about earlier is just good, better good news for uh, for the government. Mm-hmm. But he's also against the MLS stadium. Well, I think there are people within the legislature having problems that don't live in St. Louis yeah, paying this- for our stadium. Yeah, there's think, some news there too, actually, um, which we can we, which we can do right now. I'll just the, shake my head, say St. Louis. Yeah, the um, <laughs> St. Louis, Saint the Louis. MLS uh, stadium. I'm trying to find the the numbers here, but uh, just this week, let's see. Uh, nope, that's not it. But I I don't have the numbers in front of me. But there were some St. Louis officials that uh, said that they will not support. Um, they will not be giving money. To the stadium, which is something that was sort of originally yeah. thought was going to happen, um, Mayor Lada Cruson said the fact that we're not going to be giving these incentives or this or this uh, public money to the stadium shouldn't slow anything down. They have mm. four hundred million in um, uh, private funds that are being given to the stadium already, and this isn't going to slow things down at all. Um, do you think that we should be giving any? Public money to the MLS stadium, or uh, I mean, is it that big? Is it that good for the uh, community that we should be helping pay for it? Well, I want to give an example that Carl does keep my feet on the ground. He brought in an article that says Parson is a soccer blocker, so I stand corrected. <laughs> Governor Parson is a soccer uh, soccer blocker. Tony, can you uh, just like the Weird News Channel? Can you repeat that question? Yes. <laughs> Recently, is this it, week, are we better off. This week, uh, some Missouri officials, state of, uh, city officials in St. Louis said that they are not going to be giving oh, yeah, any public yeah, yeah. money to the MLS stadium, which is, I think, something that the MLS was sort of thinking mm-hmm. was going to happen. Uh, Mayor Lada Cruson said it's not going to slow anything down. They have, you know, $400 million in it's private funds. It's only 5% of so their- sh- Yeah. The question is, sh- should St. Louis be helping pay for the stadium because of what it will bring to the community? Well, I mean, you have different voices throughout that. You have uh, the North Side African American leaders and are saying that this is a soccer stadium. This is a primarily a white sport. Um, there probably won't be much black participation. What do uh, we see um, out of it? 
Um, Money? I, <laughs> don't, Tax I don't. You know, I haven't listened to talk uh, sports radio lately, so I don't know how how this may ultimately affect the franchise coming here, Carl. You have, it's already coming. I mean, is that for sure? I mean, yes. the stadium yeah, stuff it's coming. Even though the stadium stuff is up in the air, it's still coming here. Yeah. They'll play out at Lindenwood. They'll, no, they're not going to play at Lindenwood. <laughs> no, they do. They have like literally four hundred and twenty million dollars of. Private funds. Yeah, this already. is it's five percent of the entire yeah. budget. So it's yeah, it's done. Twenty twenty two, it's happening. So so they might not build up like one wall. But the on part of it, it, the part of it that was supposed to be coming from public funds was voted it, down this week because there was a certain amount. I'm I'm thinking either thirty million or three hundred million that was drastically cut down but to like two, five million. Those are two different numbers. I think it was three hundred <laughs> million, but it was like. Cut down to like five million. We'll give you five million. They yeah. already announced another team in the MLS, and they're getting their team before us because we don't have the stadium yet, really? and they already do. Last thing, real quick: uh, the new legislative session uh, starts next month. Missouri oh, State Senator incredible. Bill Eigel, I know, uh, it announced this week that he is pushing for a new bill, SJR forty four which would eliminate personal property tax in the state of Missouri. Got your vote? Bill Eichel is a rising star uh, within the Senate. I do see him one day uh, truly being governor. Um, He is a member of the conservative caucus in the Senate, Um, so a bill like this doesn't surprise me. Um, St. Louis has to, or Missouri has to compete with all of these states around us that are right-to-work states and that don't have uh, income taxes. And I think it's a tough call to tell liberals and people, hey, we're not going to collect this money. Where is it going to come from that has ultimately come from from growth? It's a tough sell, but I am in favor of it, mm-hmm. and I hope that uh, he can pass it. Well, Illinois this week, it, you know, there was a big story about how there are nine new taxes totaling uh, almost $2 billion that take effect in the state of Illinois on January 1st. So – there, so in one week, we saw a story about Illinois and all these new taxes that are happening and how Missouri yep. is fighting to eliminate a tax. To your point, I think that's Missouri trying to say, hey, all you yeah. people and all you businesses <laughs> in Illinois, maybe it's better to come across the river and be And what there. Illinois never seems to learn that you may impose $9 billion in taxes, but you're going to spend $10 billion. <laughs> right, right, exactly. That's exactly. somehow they just don't figure that out. Yeah, that you can't spend more than you bring in. All right, we have got to take uh, a break, but we have a whole second hour of the weekend report about to come your way. Don't forget, you can download the podcast, radio.com. Podcast is absolutely free. You can stream the station right there on the radio.com app as well. When we get back in the second hour, our buddy Skip Weber will be here along with our friend Trish Gazelle from 102.5, the Christmas edition of the Weird News Challenge that Skip is hosting and I get to play is coming up and we will also talk to our buddy Mark Cox, of course, the host of the Mark Cox Morning Show. Get the latest on impeachment from him, his opinions on that, and some other stories. We've got a lot more to do. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. And Star Wars nerds, go to 971talk.com <laughs> yes. to see the movie review. Carl's review is up. Go check it out. It's time for your favorite show, 
The Weekend Report is on the Oh, come on. He missed his cue. Er. You told me last week you were like, oh. I've been telling you every week to stop last... doing it, but well, you don't, that but never stopped you before. I try to uh, respect you guys <laughs> and the audience, and so no, I try to chill, and then the, you give me the business about the, it. The first hour last Carl week was Carl was looking weak. for it. And then the second hour, because he's like, oh, never do that well, again. And then mm-hmm. the second hour was strong, and he yeah, said that was it. the best one. My excuse is, is the what? show has gone so quickly, and it's hard to believe it's the second hour it is. already. And it's unbelievable. <laughs> that uh, I just lost track of that, yep. Carl. I and, deeply uh, apologize. Let's not keep our, keep our guests waiting. <laughs> yeah, our guest is the great Mark Cox the. from the Mark Cox Morning Show. Welcome to the second hour of the Weekend Report, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Tony. Chris, uh, happy impeachments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happy impeachments, indeed. Uh, so j- last hour, Mark, we talked to uh, Thomas Jipping from the Heritage Foundation. He is sort of their impeachment expert. And if anybody missed that conversation, I highly recommend you you get the podcast for free and go back and listen to it. Got some great information from Thomas. But um, you and I uh, haven't you, – you and Chris talk every Tuesday morning. Uh, a segment that I hear every Tuesday morning as I'm yeah. driving my kids to school, which uh, is always fantastic. Uh, but, but, Mark, you and I have not really had a chance to uh, talk about impeachment. So before we started, like, getting into the details and, and touching on everything else, uh, just give me your thoughts on the process to this point. Um, you know, 30,000 feet it's for, a, it's for a view. Disgust- yeah, it's, it's a disgusting, one-sided attack on the president of the United States. Uh, there's no other way to look at it. You know, this morning I ran a soundbite from Ruth Bader Ginsburg. For some odd reason, uh, our uh, oldest Supreme Court justice is off doing interviews with the BBC, with the foreign media. And they led her down the path of, well, you know, uh, what about the senators in the in the Senate that have already made their minds up on this? Um, doesn't that make it an illegitimate process? And and she basically said, well, if a judge did that, they'd be disqualified. So the media took that and ran to suggest that any senator like Mitch McConnell or Lindsey Graham, who've already supposedly made their mind up, should be disqualified from having a vote <laughs> on this case in the Senate. And I'm thinking to myself, what kind of an upside down world do we live in where the entire House proceedings didn't involve a single Republican fact witness because – Everyone they asked for got turned down, and yet this is being treated as the most serious impeachment in the history of this country. Yeah. It's really – it's a joke. The way it's been handled is making a mockery of our Constitution. Yeah, You know, I couldn't believe the Chuck Schumer press conference earlier this week when he was very passionately uh, saying that this process deserves a fair trial in the Senate – and called out Republicans for behaving so partisan and unfair in this impeachment process to this point and kept a straight face through the whole thing. Look, I, I get it. Both sides are, you know, are tucked in their corners right now. But for Chuck Schumer to point fingers at the Republicans and say that they have been that the Republicans have been partisan and unfair to this point is ridiculous yeah his argument's got more holes in it than the dallas cowboys defense oh boy man Whoa. chris that's not... agree wow. to that, chris? what's that about i don't know and it's the weekend <laughs> come on 
Mark, I want to get your uh, opinion. Uh, I offered a theory in my latest RedState.com article, shameless plug there, mm-hmm. uh, saying that the reason why Nancy Pelosi is not sending the articles of impeachment over to the Senate is because she knows that this is political and electoral suicide for the Democrats. She doesn't want her legacy of being the first female speaker to be stained by a totally partisan uh, impeachment that that the polls show that the public is not in favor and that she's hoping over this Christmas break that hopefully they can go home and talk to their activists and tell them this is suicide and maybe they can get a censure instead. Mark, what do you think? Well, I think, unfortunately for Nancy, the Titanic has already sailed. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I don't know how she... I don't know how you pull that train wreck back into the port because if, you know, now that they've passed it, uh, technically you're right. Legally, it's not an impeachment until it gets sent to the Senate. Um, But then if they don't send it to the Senate, then you know they're playing political games because all they want to do is be able to – she was even quoted today uh, or earlier this week, maybe maybe it was yesterday, of saying that – you know, he's been he's impeached today and he'll be impeached forever. So, in other words, she's bragging about the fact, kind of taunting the president. We impeached you. We impeached you. No, no, no. It's like, it's like <laughs> schoolyard kind of mockery. Uh, but it's well, not serious unless you think your case is strong enough to send to the to the actual trial in the United States Senate. How, uh, it, it, I don't think that's the same as censure. How long do you think they're going to be able to get away with trying to? Uh, say that they want to impeach the president instead of uh, censuring them? How long do you think they can get away with that with their activists? I don't know. I, I don't think that the Democratic Party does anything without polling it. Uh, I, 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 I don't. Just like they polled the proper wordage, words to use when they were talking about articles of impeachment. I think that they're holding this up for a couple of days to try to put some pressure on the Senate. But I would suspect that probably by – I think they come back into session on the 8th. I would, I would imagine by early January those articles of impeachment will be sitting in Mitch McConnell's office. I hope you're right about that because that was one of the questions that I asked uh, Thomas Jipping from the Heritage Foundation earlier. If there was a deadline on this, and he said no, they could – Hold on to these things basically as long as they want, as as ridiculous and uh, 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 bad for the country and, and bad for precedent as that would be, that they could just hold on to these for as long as they want and basically just dangle them over the president's head and finally submit it to the Senate uh, at, at any time that they, you know, that they finally choose to. I think they're only hurting themselves the longer they wait, but they haven't that hasn't stopped them at any point uh you know uh at this point at least and too but their the excuse also is saying that they want to say a, they, they want, want the, a fair process yeah they want so the republicans so, to give some concessions right. before they i mean that's that's going to be their excuse not to go forward to send it cuz they're going to say hey it's not a fair process unless they can call the democrats and call any witness they want yeah, Mark, that's what they're going to hang their hat on do you think there's any possibility that they that they actually don't at ever send this to the Senate? No, I, I don't. And, and I mean, here's the thing. Here's the best analogy I can think of uh, would be a, a prosecutor who they say any prosecutor can go in front of a grand jury and indict a ham sandwich, you know, uh, because they're only presenting one side of the evidence. That's effectively what's happened here. 
but if you're going to roll out an indictment from a grand jury, which is effectively what the House did, you need to be prepared to take it to court uh, so that the accused can have their day in court. That's what needs to happen here. That's the American justice system. That's what Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats need to give uh, to they deserve. Donald Trump deserves that. Now, they can try to withhold it from him. But I really think it's going to be even more of a backlash from the American people if they do that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think the American people, they understand what that would be like to be accused of a crime by a prosecutor yeah. who makes outlandish claims but is never willing to bring you into court where you can face those charges. Yep, yeah, and everything that they've done to this point, I think, is, is damaging them and their party and recent polling this week shows that that is the case. Impeachment, uh, support for impeachment continues to drop. The uh, president's approval rating continues to rise. In your estimation, how much damage is the Democratic Party doing to themselves through this whole process? Well, you know, the, the damage the Democratic Party is doing to their candidate, their ultimate candidate for president, is is immeasurable. Because I don't think it's just... Let's face it, we're a 48-48 we're a split down the middle nation right now, and there's about 4% of people in the middle, a lot of them independents, who, who have a huge impact on the outcome of the election next year. I think the Democrats are going to alienate some of their own folks who have a sense, of, an honest sense of fairness, and they're going to alienate those people in the middle, those independents who, who don't have a strong allegiance to one party or the other, but no unfairness when they see it. Mark, let me get uh, local with you for a minute. I know that you are a uh, a cat owner or cat lover or a animal lover. Um, is the latest aldermanic move where they are banning the clawing, declawing of cats, I, I know it's a good thing and they think they're not being cruel to animals, but isn't what's going to happen is now you're going to have cats and kittens that when they start clawing up someone's home, that they're going to take them to a shelter and no one's going to want the cat with claws and they're just going to be more cats ultimately euthanized. And one of these oh, liberal, sure. it's going to be, this is one of these liberal good intentions. Yeah. The road to hell has been paved. <laughs> uh, so the thing yeah. I think is, mo is that's most interesting about that is, you know, I've had cats and I've had a cat that's been declawed. Right. In fact, I think I've had two cats that have been declawed. Um, St. Louis is the most dangerous city <laughs> in America. I mean, our homicide rate per 100,000 uh, dwarfs our closest competitor. And we've got serious economic issues. And this is what the St. Louis Board of Aldermen is focused on. I, 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 I fail to understand it. I sit at home every day, and I, I, I just shake my head when I read these headlines. Is it because well, they can't get anything else this done? This was a good idea. Mark, is it because they can't get anything else done? Is it because they know they can't do anything real? So this is like, well, we'll just do this well, because, we can't, because we're too inept to get anything else accomplished. Remember like, seriously, I think it's just because like we, we, we're too inept remember, to do anything else, remember, so we'll do this. Remember they passed a bill earlier that made parks our child care centers, so now you can't bring guns in. So they've been very busy. <laughs> right. Which is, which very is busy. a fascinating uh, story because earlier this week there were multiple shots fired at the, at the Metrolink station in Forest Park. 
How could that happen? I mean, if technically that's a gun-free zone. <laughs> yeah, didn't they see the sign? <laughs> they must not have seen the sign. Oh, well, we, we need, need to have a serious talk with these criminals. We well, need bigger signs. But bigger signs will solve the problem. You know what, though? Here's what the, the activists will say. They say, well, Missouri has a concealed and carry uh, uh, law now where you don't need a, a permit. So you should not, anyone should be able to carry a gun, and even if they look suspicious or whatever. Um, it, it, too bad, Chris. You know that's BS. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> that. That's I'm just BS. saying that's the argument that they'll not, that they'll use. It's it's not the people care, legally carrying concealed that you have to worry about. You know, I'm you with know, you, I brother. This, I had this argument with uh, with uh, one of the St. Louis um, Board of Aldermen members, Jeffrey Boyd, yeah. when he was in my studio, and and I couldn't seem to get him to understand that he's arguing that there are children uh he also argues that there are kids running around in north st louis with guns in their pants and the police need some authority to take those guns away no they don't (laughs) it's already against the law for a teenager under the age of 18 to have a handgun they can't legally carry it concealed they shouldn't have it on their bodies period if a police officer sees that they have the authority to take it away Mm -hmm. they don't need another ordinance on top of that mark cox I'm sorry to cut Got you him off. Riled up. We are, yeah, we we are out of time, and uh, but thank you so much for putting in a little uh, overtime yeah. on this Saturday <laughs> evening. Double duty overtime. He worked I for Tumblr this morning. I know. Ah. A busy a busy morning, uh, and uh, and thank you, Mark, for uh, for joining us today, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Guys, thank you, and uh, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Pat Christmas. You. Merry Mark. Christmas, Mark. No, no holidays for you. <laughs> and <laughs> speaking. Whatever, happy holidays. Speaking of Christmas, it is time for the Christmas edition oh. of the Weird News Challenge. Ooh. Skip Weber is week. here. Trish Gazelle from 102.5 is here. And Skip is going to be hosting the Christmas edition of the Weird News Challenge as soon as we get back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. can mean only one thing, and that is that Skip Weber is officially in the building. Hello, hello, hello. So, with with his Christmas tie on, one of many. Yeah, one, uh, uh, one of, I have three, I have this, I have two left after this, and only one workday. So, oh wow! So you have to change ties in the middle well, of the day. Decisions, no, decisions. I'll I'll probably I don't necessarily always wear a tie to Christmas Eve service. Okay. Because not many people wear ties anymore to church for yeah. one reason or another. So I'll probably wear one to Christmas Eve service. So I wear all. There you go. So I wear all of them. He has a Christmas tie for every day every of day. December. I don't repeat. I love it. He never repeats it. I don't. I, I have less than twenty-four ties because we don't work every day. I don't right. wear a tie every day. Right. Have you? Has anyone ever done like a collage of you every day that taking a funny. picture? A calendar. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A Weber the, calendar the people, with the, the same the, pose, oh, yeah. same expression, same. But the only thing different is the tie. <laughs> the, the, people, the people that care most about my ties are in this room. <laughs> You need 
to Nobody make money. Oh, we Nobody's just gave you a great marketing idea. Or sell them for charity. An yeah. advent calendar. Yes. yes. <laughs> An advent calendar for the month of December. And you open yeah. You peel up the tie and you get your little piece of candy. And it's the same picture. The only thing different is the tie. Yeah. And it's just we have to do that no, the calendar is is a picture of me and all the little doors you open to the different ties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah you open the tie and there's You're the candy. Have to get some more I, I want credit yeah. for that. If that oh, ever let's do this. All let's right. do this. All right. The Weber Chevrolet Advent uh, Calendar with Skip you Weber know, and his ties. With the uh. with the uh, the online. The online homes edition sales of the Weird News Challenge <laughs> yeah. proceeds. Yeah. You could probably afford yeah. fund that yep. calendar yep. project. That's yeah. such a great point. That's that is a growing <laughs> game show in yeah. the world. It's America's favorite game yeah. show, and it is yeah. about ready to start. Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talks. I mentioned in the last segment, uh, we are about to play the Christmas edition of the Weird News Challenge, and Skip Weber is Hosting, so I first time he's first time. hosted. So and I am ready, and it's it's the Christmas Entertainment Edition. Yes. is what I've called. Yeah. It. Yeah. So Great. Skip is hosting. Trish Gazelle from 102.5 is here as well. Uh, Chris and I will be playing, and Carl Middleman is going to be uh, Skip's judges if he yes. needs them. So, I think I may. All right. <laughs> so. Uh, before we start, here's what I've got. From now to the end I've of the game, I've you're got hosting. Four questions, ten possible points. For I've each. Got two ones, no, two ones, oh. a three, and a five. Okay, got oh, it. Ending right. with a five, and then I've got a tiebreaker. All right. Got it, got oh it. God, so my head hurts. I, something tells me I'm not going to need a tiebreaker. Algebra. No. So, <laughs> but there's ten points, so we want somebody to get at least forty percent of the points. Okay. All right, all right. I unlike, like it. Unlike uh, the time when I won with. Six percent. With six percent, there was there was like <laughs> yeah. there was like thirty five possible points, yeah, and you yeah, won with two. two. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think I was yeah, in there. Exactly. You had it was one. Two, one, one. <laughs> yeah, and Chris had one. Yeah, yeah. I had All a point. Right. So before we get going, let's test the buzzers. Yes. Uh, who do you want first? Whose buzzer you want first? Chris, Chris Harps. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to tune that up. Yeah, yeah that one was, <laughs> yeah. That one was my, I kind of lost <laughs> Let me do that again. Got stuck. Peter <laughs> version. There, there it is. There well, it something is. stuck in the throat on that buzzer. <laughs> it's a little tune up. Sorry about that. Thank you, Some WD-40 on that. You on that. Uh, mine it. is bloop. Bloop. Uh, mine is going to be... See, I'm using some creativity. Whatever. Jingle bells. All right. Oh, that's a good line. Mm. D D D bloop and jingle bells. Mm. All right, here we go. Here Question we go. number one. Well, which and version of the Weird News Jealous is coming? Oh, you know what? I think it's episode sixty-three. Okay. Yeah, I think it's and episode no, sixty-three. I'm going to put a disclaimer in here, and it's yeah. not. It's not a bad disclaimer. Disclaimer is probably the wrong word. These are some lengthy questions because we oh. got some good okay. Christmas so facts. Well, that's Christmas entertainment facts so involved in the question. Is the Katie Fitzpatrick rule in effect or the not Katie in effect? Katie Fitzpatrick rule is not in effect. You so. can buzz in any time. Okay. Okay. It might be relatively dangerous to do so <laughs> because of, because <laughs> of the you. length but of the question. No matter me. what, if I get interrupted by all three of you, I still will complete the question eventually. Very good. To, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Question number one, worth one point. Originally airing in 1964, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is the longest continuously running Christmas special. After the initial showing, the ratings were good, but so many viewers had one common complaint that Rankin-Bass added one scene to the show, and it's run that way ever since. What was the added scene? Oh, I Jingle bells. I this year. Tony. 
<clears throat> the scene at where uh, the abominable snowman comes in and puts the star on the top of the tree. That is incorrect. Bloop. Huh? Mm. The scene where they all go, oh, poor Rudolph will let you play. No. no incorrect. <sighs> I just have to admit, I haven't seen it in so long. I don't remember. I don't know. I, don't I just know. guessed. What yeah. is it? Here's the added scene. The scene where Santa visits the island of misfit toys at the end to fulfill oh. Rudolph's promises. All oh. the people that watched it loved it, and they said, but wait. He never Rudolph to- promised they'd come, and they didn't. <laughs> and they got so many calls huh. about that and letters huh. that they r- m- put additional animation in there. I was thinking that maybe they never showed that the Abominable Snowman lived. So that's why they no, had to they, have they, him come they, back. No, they, they didn't show that. that. <laughs> it originally had Yukon Cornelius sniffing and licking his axe and yep. finding pepper, yeah. peppermint. <laughs> and finding peppermint. Oh, yeah? At not, the end. Not silver and gold. That was the end. The end of it was instead of we finding instead of finding silver or gold, he finds peppermint, and that's how the show ended. Nice. And and when they they want they wanted to go to uh, 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 Misfit Toys, they cut that out, huh. and you can see that by googling Yukon Cornelius peppermint okay. or something like that. I would I, you can is, see the removed scene. This is only a suggestion. Yeah. For the rest of the time while you're hosting, avoid the term. Sniffing L- and licking. Okay. You got it. I think I have it. There's an axe. I have it in there twice more. I have it in there twice more. Okay, well, no. No. it's up to you. All right, here we go. Question number two. That was a lengthy question, but that was good. That's good yeah. facts. No, that's, no. I mean, who knew? Not only is it a good, it, it not only is a good question, it's good information. It's yeah. People are learning. Yeah. That's why people love this game exactly. so much. They it is. Love it's to, the most educational game show. They love to play, play and yeah. they love to learn. Yeah, and that's most popular too. That's right. 10% of the points are gone. Mm-hmm. What's that? Okay. 10% of the points are gone. <laughs> are, 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 un, are unavailable. Yes. And that's a Gen okay. X question, too. Mm-hmm. Question number two. Oh, Come All Ye Faithful is one of the most popular Christmas carols, written as early as the 13th century and generally attributed to Cistercian monks. Uh-huh. The song was not originally written in English. What was the original language bloop, of the song? Bloop, bloop. Mm. Trish Gazelle. Latin. Correct. Oh, yes. oh. It was written in Latin. Yes. I was going to say yes. German. I was going to say Latin. Do you, know the, do you know what the, the Latin name is? <sighs> no. Adeste Fidelis. Yep. Adeste Fidelis. Oh, okay. means I mean, I've seen that yeah. before, but. Okay, so we have, you keep Boy, a score broken there. clock can be right yes. twice um, a day, can yeah. Yes. <laughs> I like that one. Oh, right, I was going to say Latin, too. I'm so mad at myself. All right, here we go. All right. You ready? three-pointer? This is a three-pointer. Okay. Got my buzzer that way. Charles Dickens is often given credit for significantly impacting the modern celebration of Christmas with his work, A Christmas Carol. In the story, the character of Ebenezer Scrooge transforms overnight on Christmas Eve from a miserable Christmas-hating miser into a changed man full of Christmas spirit. For one point each, name the three ghosts. Blue, Who was first? Okay. Past. Wait, wait, wait. No, What's no, their no. Full you name. Oh, you Ghost of Christmas Pass. Correct. That's one. Ghost of Christmas Present. Correct. <laughs> Ghost of Christmas Future. You That's incorrect. Won. That's incorrect. Oh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells. You okay? The Ghost of Christmases Yet to Come. Incorrect. Oh. Would you like to hear the rest Wait, of the question? Do I get two I'm... points. Yes. You got two points. Okay. Would you like no, to hear the rest no, of the question? I don't know it. For one point each. 
Name the three ghosts that spoke to oh. Ebenezer Scrooge oh, on oh. Christmas Eve. Bo- it's oh. Marley. The third Jacob ghost Marley. is the ghost of Jacob Marley. Bob Marley. Yeah. yeah. Bob so, <laughs> that's the trick question. You guys should have waited yeah. for the yeah. rest yeah. of the exactly. question. I thought, well, I thought the question I, was yeah, going to be, because course, it's not yeah. the coast of Christmas future. It is the coast of Christmas yet to come. Yet to come. So I thought that, that was the trick. But he never said a word. He never said a word. You're right. So it is I thought that was the trick. The, exactly. I thought the trick was the name of that ghost. So you need one point to win. All right. So. This is a five-point question. Okay. I'm leading by three, everybody. Here we go. And remember what just happened. Yeah. Buzzing in was dangerous. Yeah, it was. Sure was. Okay. The 12 Days of Christmas is one of the more fun Christmas carols to sing along to. Mm -hmm. Each verse describes a different numerical gift given during the holiday. The first seven days, the gifts are all birds. Five golden rings originally referred to ring-necked pheasants. Hmm. That's why they're all birds. Okay. For one point each, match up the number in the gifts of the remaining five days. All right, jingle bells. Tony. Two turtle doves. No, no. Oh. No, 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 no. What? You're out. No. Of the remaining five days. The remaining. Oh, after the birds. The, seven, the seven, first seven are birds. After the, remain, the birds. Yeah, oh, the I remaining thought five I, days. So he needed one. You should well, just, okay. Well, that's, that's, I thought you meant, I yeah, thought it was the match. I thought it was the match the number to the birds. He's kind of a rookie with the buzzer. So. I am. It's Christmas. I'm going I thought it was match the number to the birds. Let the judge. Let him do it because I don't know it. The first seven are birds, the remaining five days. Yeah, okay. All right. I don't think I'm going to be able to get it, though. Um... Is it eight maids of milking? That's one. Okay. You don't have to do them in order. No, I know. I'm just trying okay. to. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't think I can get any I more. Win okay, right I think now. I know one. Ten. Wait, is it two to two right now? No, no I only have one. one. It's three, three to one. one. I need okay. two. I could win. Or Chris, Chris could get. Yeah. He needs hmm. three. Oh. I'm, I'm not going to be able to do it. No, I'm not going to be able to do it. You give up? I give up. I'm not going to be able right. to do it. Buzzers? Chris, can you Anybody? do it? Uh, can you read a question? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I, I cannot. Whoa. I mean, I could for wow. both of you, but whoever buzzes in first here. Yeah. The 12 Days of Christmas is one of the more fun so Christmas carols to What's sing along. Nine? Yeah, she has not, yeah. She has not done. She has not gone anything. yet. Oh, okay. Each verse describes a different numerical gift no. oh. given during the holiday. The first seven days, the gifts are all birds, knowing yep. that five well, golden rings go. is ring at peasants. Match the number chance. in the gifts. I don't what's on the, the nine day? Nine. Stop it. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, what's yeah. ten? Right yeah. Ten geese laying? Is that? Ooh. No. No? No? No, no that's a bird. It wouldn't be in there. So he's oh, wrong. I don't yeah. even oh. have to guess. You don't have to guess. <laughs> but I will. Okay. Lord's a-leaping. I can't remember what. What number? Ten Lord's what number? a-leaping? Ten nine. Lord's a-leaping. Okay. Ten oh, Lord's okay. a-leaping is in there. Yes. Nine ladies dancing. Nine ladies dancing. She plays this song on the air. She plays Yes. Here it is. It goes. I played it a hundred times start. Let's start backwards. It's 12 drummers drumming. Yeah. 11 pipers piping. Yeah. Ten Lord's a-leaping. Nine ladies dancing. Eight maids of milking, yeah. right. seven swans of swimming, yeah. six Albert. geese of laying, five golden rings. Calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a partridge. Okay. I should have gotten Lord's Yes, I 
Yeah, the Jewish Gazelle wins. You're on a roll there. There we go. That's the, uh, 40%. No. Yeah, she got 40%. We fulfilled our goal. I hope you guys like those questions. <laughs> I did. A lot of, a lot of, uh, can we do really the tiebreaker? We can do the tiebreaker. A lot of thought okay. went into In the those, tiebreaker. you can tell. In 1965, CBS aired for the first time a Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm-hmm. One year behind Rudolph. Second longest continues. Mm-hmm. Everyone involved thought the show would be a miserable failure. Mm-hmm. But it surprised everyone with a 45% share. Ooh of the television market and has become one of the most beloved holiday specials to the nearest million how many people saw the original broadcast All in right. 1965. Okay. So, so it had a 45 it's share. A two-part yeah. math question. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So who goes first? I don't know. I think Trish, as the winner, has to go first. Yeah, you have to go first as the winner. So, that is correct. Uh, I don't know. How many million people saw that first broadcast well, no, of Charlie that's Brown? Not, that's not the... Right? Yeah. You, yeah. Have to, you have to figure out how many people lived in the United States. No, right. you don't. And then, and then 45%, 45% no, I mean, if, you, if you're trying to no. do it that way, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say 40, so the right way. 45 million. Okay. okay. Now, remember, just because the population was all total, not everybody had a TV. Correct. And they don't necessarily go six people. I mean, right. if there's six right. people in a family, that's like one person for yeah. ratings. Right, 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 right. So, Okay. 45 so million. does that mean 45 is way off? And you're trying yeah, to get me to get, guess well, again. You already won. <laughs> <laughs> you want to take the next one? Yeah, I'm going to say uh, 37 million. Okay. All right, I'm going to say 36 million. Tony Colombo was closest with 15 <laughs> oh, million. Wow, that's it. 470,000. But that's still 45% of the yeah. TVs wow. in the country. That's yeah, 45% on yeah. one show. So. Just when you just compare today's yeah. audiences. Yeah, good so, job. Wow. Yeah. Only because I won. I'm really happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, hopefully, everybody learned a little bit more about Christmas. The weird yeah. news challenge. It's it's fun to play and it's educational. Yeah. That's why it's America's favorite game show. Yeah, yeah. And, for sure. And there's it's two key things: Yukon uh, Cornelius finds a peppermint mine. Yeah. And five golden rings are pheasants. Mm-hmm. And take that to the, the bank. And the Scrooge thing. And right. And the Scrooge. The and, and the growth of Christmas yet to come did not speak. And licking and sniffing. <laughs> right. Looking at Sniffy. <laughs> and actions. <laughs> All right, we will be right back. Skip Weber sticking around. You should too. You're listening to The Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Uh, he's doing it again. He's so cocky. What? Yeah, huh? yeah, what, huh? Yeah. Oh, oh, I, oh I missed it. I did. I, did. I got a little too cocky. You got a little too cocky. I was intimidated Even by Even the it. greatest air guitar player in the world makes a mistake. I was intimidated. Saw. Yep. Welcome back to Chris, where... Chris, Chris. We I have was... got to get you watching Christmas yeah. stuff, man. I almost said welcome I, back to the Weird News Challenge. Welcome I didn't back like, to the I didn't like a lot of Christmas movies. I know I know that you yeah. have Christmas spirit because you, you're the first person in my Christmas party. <laughs> yeah, we got there. Week. Six oh three. How did yeah. uh, how did you how did it feel uh, hosting your first episode, your first? Uh, I, I felt good about it. I thought I That's thought, man, stuff. these questions are wordy, but I just like putting facts in there. So uh, maybe you know, yeah. if it was if it was a normal one without Christmas, I probably I could probably do it, but it would be a fraction Listen, of the time. The people appreciate the education, the information. Yeah. Well, good. It's good stuff. I I had fun doing that. Yeah, that was a lot of made, fun. Made yeah. you realize how much uh, work Wink Martindale and all those guys back yeah. in the seventies. Well, had to I do. don't think those guys. Wrote the questions. So. <laughs> yeah, that, you, you have right. to realize the professionalism in the Weird News Challenge far exceeds the Bill Collins and mm-hmm. Jack Berries of the world who just came out and read off a prompter. Man, you said it. The re- you know the rest of us, we are 
I mean, not we, Tony, predominantly. And now I'm, uh, now I'm in that ranks. We are a full turnkey you got host. It. You got it. That's exactly so. right. Uh, welcome back to the Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Skip Weber sticking around with Chris Arps and Carl Middleman and myself uh, for one more segment. Great edition of the Weird News Challenge just ended. If you missed it or you want to hear it again, don't forget about our podcast. It's on the Radio.com app and on our website, 971talk.com. It's free to download that podcast wherever you get it, but uh, the Radio.com app is probably the best place to do that. Uh, Download that app, and then you can stream the station 24-7. You can use the Radio Rewind, and you can, of course, uh, download the podcast of this and every show on the radio station. Uh, Skip Weber, what is happening as we get ready to uh, go into Christmas week at Weber Chevrolet? We're only open open a couple days next week. We're open Monday. Uh, we're closed Christmas Eve, closed Christmas. So then we got the start of the busiest week in our year every year. Which is the week between Christmas Thurs- and yeah. New Year's. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Monday. We're open New Year's Eve, but not till late. Not you know It's Tuesday anyway, so we're closed, closed at 6. So Monday, Tuesday, closed New Year's Day. And then January 2nd is December 32nd for us. Um, and that stretch is the busiest most cars we sell every year and why do you think that is well there's a few people that wait for personal property tax and mm-hmm. so if you want to come in uh, even monday uh this coming monday we can still have it show that you delivered it on january 2nd that's not a problem yeah um there's also people that uh wait till after christmas they see what they get they see what their bills were you know they've been looking they've been thinking procrastinators and i mean the end of the month is always a push anyway it doesn't yeah. need to be we don't change our incentives but it but it is so you take the end of the month and then you take that into the end of the year then you take that into holiday shopping where people are distracted so you know is hey, it I because need a, a lot car. of people are off work too a i think so Abs- absolutely absolutely so have, people take off they work have and, time yep to come in or, on a weekday where they and, normally and wouldn't believe it or not we see tons of people that get money for christmas and they oh, say, yeah. uh, and they uh, use or it as Christmas bonuses from work. So you may not know that. You may not have learned your Christmas bonus till either le- le- this most good, recent week. My Christmas bonus hasn't yeah. shown up yet. And so, <laughs> has yours, guys? No, no and, it uh, hasn't. Okay. You know, and, and, and so there's there's a lot. There's lots, or people, you know, that might be the week if, if you get paid vacation, you didn't take any, then you get your vacation check, you know, whatever. There's lots of different things come trickling in. But whatever the case is, we, uh, you know, if that, that, the incentives have been the same all month. We've been really, really busy. The only two days that have not been really, really great are the two snow days we had. Mm-hmm. So even on Monday, you don't have to wait till after Christmas if you're if you're done with your shopping. Probably would come into a relatively empty dealership on Monday. That that's you know pretty sparse coming that close to the holiday. So. Yeah. No, you're. I was gonna say no. Go ahead. You you go oh, ahead. I'm gonna, gonna say, change. I, I want to ask him about something else. So. Oh, I was just gonna say, Skip. You answered a little bit of my question. My wife and I, we bought our your our Camaro from you uh, back in November a few years ago, and I was really surprised how full the dealership with yeah. was during the time, and it was cold uh, too when we came <laughs> in came in there. But uh, I bought a car from Skip uh, on January second. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens get a lot you know the thing about it is uh the weather doesn't really stop anything you know back in the day we used to have lots of tire kickers Mm -hmm. and people would come get information at the store then you'd have a lot of people and you have to cipher you know oh okay out of those 10 people three or four of them are going to buy now 
it's the, the percentage is way higher because people do all their research online and do a lot of the pricing online and a lot of the fact finding. But now it's and then you get bad cold weather, even more percentage. I mean, in a bad snowy cold weather, ninety percent of the people that are inside the store are buying. Because why would you come out if you're not, if right. you're just gonna you know buy? So and that's I think it might did. have been the third because the like the second was a Sunday and you okay. guys aren't open and we on still Sundays. Were, okay, yeah. so yeah, th- 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 in those types of, uh, of situations, we, situations yeah. you go one more day. Yeah. Speaking of getting money, I held back on this story until uh, Skip was here because I imagine that he's going to be getting a check. Uh, <laughs> this uh, this story came out this week that more than eleven thousand refunds worth approximately fourteen million dollars will be mailed to former St. Louis Rams PSL holders on January 2nd. 30% refund on original purchase or the nine years left on the 30-year license from when the Rams departed. Uh, are you getting a check? I'm getting a check. <laughs> I have not been notified, but I put my name in, and they came back yeah. with, here's your claim number and all that, so I should be. I mean, no one sent me anything that I'm getting one. Right. So I is this fo- part of class action, then? Yeah. yeah. And fo- then the other I had four class seats. action. I had four seats, yeah. so I'll, I'll get, you know, whatever that would be. Right. You know, what would that be? That I'd, I would get 120% of one PSL's value. Yep. yep. Which was? So mine was 1500 so okay. I'll get about 1800 bucks. There you go. And the other class action suit, which gives a 25% refund to fans that bought um, merchandise and tickets between 2010 and 2016, has a deadline of January 20th to file your claim for that. I so the Rams that. are going to be so, paying again. Now, I don't know. I mean, I had merchandise. So. I definitely bought merchandise in that time period. Yeah. Do you have to produce but, receipts? But, yeah, but I don't have, have any receipts, receipts. But, but have I, receipts. I'd have to find out what I could get to prove the tickets. Because just because I have a PSL, it? I had to re-buy re- my tickets yeah. every mm-hmm. year. Yeah. If so you I bought, bought tickets every year. If you bought tickets to any Rams mm-hmm. game yeah. between 2010 and 2016 or any Rams merchandise. If you can produce your receipts, yeah. they have to pay you twenty five percent. Check your credit purchases. card receipts because yeah. that would count as a receipt. I can tell you this: mm-hmm. I have all my emails from the Rams mm-hmm. telling yeah. us yeah. telling us they weren't moving. We're not we, moving. You know what? We yeah. could, and maybe we should. I've said that many, many times. I've got mm-hmm. the emails. I, I can that what Kevin Demoff said. We could do a whole don't show don't don't on hesitate that one day. don't hesitate renewing your 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 seats because we're we're not yeah. going anywhere. Don't we worry do about this property. In, that in you cashing that eighteen hundred dollar check does that prevent you from uh, doing anything future? If you have that evidence against, yeah. I don't care. I'm yeah. Not, All right. Yeah. right. Yeah, but you could turn it over to somebody that does care. Can I tell you something? I, <laughs> I, I guarantee you that people have those emails. Those were, they didn't yeah. say. Oh, they, let's 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 email Skip Weber. No, they emailed all, all the season yeah. ticket holders. They, I guarantee you they have record of all those. Yeah, believe me. And that, and 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 let me tell you something. That's one of the battles that they've lost guys, in yeah. court. Mm-hmm. Is that they're going to get the emails from the other side? So we don't. We don't the really... send side, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if the, when this goes to court. Uh-huh. We don't really have the time to like delve into this, but I don't think that this has ever happened before, where a team has moved and they've like you know this one is going to be a bill of approximately fourteen million dollars once they pay out all the PSL holders. Don't know yet what that next number is going to be for paying people back. Do you think it's Do you think it's fair? Do you think this is Do you think the Rams are I think are, it's are... unfair that that's all I get. Yeah, you think because it's... I was lied to so much. Because the Rams because are fighting here, it, still we, saying this yeah. is ridiculous. Well, they're, they're more. These are. This we can is, do what we want with this th- team. There's we can bigger suits than this that they're fighting. Yeah, 
What do you this, think, Chris? Yeah. Is this fair? They're I, fighting I the city law, suing them. It's not fair that Skip is getting a fraction of what yeah. he invested in it. And it's not fair that for years they put a substandard team on the field yes. to drive down the attendance so they could have some uh, reason to leave. That yeah. is criminal almost yeah. in my mm-hmm. mind to do that to people that you're paying their money to, to see a professional football team where it's going to cost you a hundred something dollars plus if you take your family down there and parking and all yeah. that. I mean, and, and if it's against the purpose. law, if it's against the law for me to walk into another car dealer and say, Hey, what are you going to charge for Malibu's mm-hmm. this month? And I see why it's against the law. So we're not allowed to do that. <laughs> but if that's against the law, then what Chris said is exactly right. You are, you are affecting market values and you're affecting f- people's future expenses mm-hmm. artificially and that's at least as illegal and at least as heinous as what i just described in the tr- price fixing business a couple hours from now the last saturday evening rock show before christmas yes. hits the air what's happening tonight oh man got a lot of be a fun no not <laughs> christmas i i could put together probably an hour of good rock christmas mm-hmm. and especially the, maybe two hours if i look into all the uh, the, the recent remakes that people, you know, like the Goo Goo Dolls have done this, and the mm-hmm. Foo Fighters did that, and yeah. Bare Naked Ladies did that. But, you know, um, original songs even, I could probably do an hour. But I'd, and I have not really gone on a holiday thing with that. It's always been outside of the holiday. Do it in July. Well, here's the deal. Next week, I have a special for the new for the end of the year. Oh, it's not, nice. It's not New Year's. This theme's not New Year's, but I am doing something even completely different. And uh, I'm very because gr- I'm very grateful that we made it this long. Yeah. Uh, I really think that we just picked up another sponsor, and I think I've got a third one coming in. <sighs> and it. so, I mean, I think it's going to keep gonna going. I'm going to make a prediction right now. 2020 is the year of the Saturday Evening Rock Show. I hope you're right. I think it's, it's fun. I'd love to be sitting here. One ne- year from today. Day. Yeah, because my <laughs> first year anniversary will be the first week of April. Oh, that's but cool. But coming into my first end of the year is fun. Yeah. Yes. And I've and I've haven't I've I've repeated one song and that was by accident. I could not believe I did it. <laughs> I was I got called on it by a listener. Oh Emailed wow, me. that's yeah. awesome. I played the same song twice and it wasn't even that far in between it. I couldn't believe I did that. But other than that, I haven't repeated the song. Most songs, radio stations so. do no repeat like weekends. <laughs> yeah. Skip Weber does no repeat <laughs> show. Ever, period. Ever. We would never repeat now, a song. There'll be a At day, one point you'll have to. I will. And I and I'll point, be glad to and I'll acknowledge yeah, or play it. Play a live version of the same thing. No, no, I'll I'll come back and do it because it'll fit the well, you know it'll what? fit now, the theme so well that I'm doing that I do. Now you know, that it's a new year maybe like it's every year you don't you go a whole year that's always what i'm thinking if i can go all Wait next year without a repeat yeah then then the following year i'll go back and say i'm gonna i'm gonna clean the slate so all you've right. never re- repeated a song on so your once. show I didn't once, know that. On once on accident that's it once yeah. on accident all right that's gonna do it for this edition of the weekend report don't forget about the star wars movie review up at 971 thank you skip for letting me see it again yeah you're very welcome man. 971 talk.com slash weekend report or the 971 youtube channel we put those movie reviews up for you every week so for Skip Weber, my partner Chris Arbs, producer Carl Middleman, hey. I'm Tony Colombo. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, everybody! Thank Merry you so Christmas. much for Merry listening Christmas. to another edition of the Weekend Report. We'll see you back here next weekend on 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com.
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 